I don't want him to look back at the story of his son and be disappointed because then he would regret more the fact that he wasn't there in instilling things. And so um, I, if he was sitting next to me, I would say, dad, I, I'm, I just want to make you proud. Mm. Like, I just want to make you proud. Um, and every decision that I've made since his passing was under the umbrella of, man, I just hope I'm making you proud. Right. And every time I would walk through my living room and I would see his picture, I know this sounds really like weird, but I would stop and I would look at him. And I would look at his picture and I would talk to the picture and I would say, man, I just hope I'm making you proud. Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad Podcast. This is the place where we address dad dynamics and discuss personal experiences, stories, and poem submissions to help provide a platform for healing while simultaneously uplifting one another. Let's change the dad narrative all around. Let's go. Let's grow. Hello, you beautiful people. Thank you again for joining me at Dear Dad Podcast. My name is Jim Darius, a.k.a. BJ. Now, today is a special guest. And I know I said that each and every time, but every guest is, is, is special for me. And there's a reason for that, because I have a different connection with them. And this particular individual, I have a really spe- special connection with him. Man, this guy is a pastor. He's a friend. And he is a positive role model to so many people out there, you know? So many people out there, definitely for me. We are long-term friends, been friends for a long time. And um, every time we see each other, it's just just love, honestly, just love. But again, I'm not going to take too much away from him. I'm not going to take the shine away from him. I'm going to introduce you guys to Pastor Dudley. Hey, what's going on, BJ? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to listen to your introduction, man, making me feel uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> really? Why is that? I mean, you know, because, you know, there are some people who know me as, like, Pastor Dudley, and there are people who know me before the title was given, right. and you're definitely one of those people. <laughs> to hear you say, oh, yeah, he's a pastor and the role model, I was like, man, we, we knew each other way before that. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's kind of humbling, so yeah. I, I, you know, I appreciate it. I got to give that respect what this respect is deserved. Definitely need to okay. give that respect. Yes, yes. All right, so let's just dive in. The first question. Okay. So... Let's let me know and let the audience know who is Dudley. Ooh, um, that is a very very nuanced question. Um, I, I I first I think I would probably start off by saying that I didn't really know who Dudley was until a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the re- majority of my life was trying to match my expectations to what I felt like um, would ultimately be, ultimately be my purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that Dudley um, growing up was someone that was seeking a lot of approval. Mm. Uh, I think Dudley was a person that, um, you know, w- was trying to find a niche, um, something that would give him uh, I, I, maybe the, the, affection that he was looking for mm. um growing up um with my family we moved around a lot and so uh with room with moving around a lot you tend to feel like you have to re redefine yourself in every single place absolutely that you move to yes um and every single place you didn't really you don't you don't really establish establish stable roots um and so 
it, it took a lot a, a while for me to figure that out. But I think now, if I were to put a um, a definition to it, I, I really find myself to be a person that loves people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dudley is a person that um, is creative, um, likes to uh, speak his mind, um, is has learned when to talk and when to listen. Mm. <laughs> um, Dudley is a family man <laughs> um, more than ever now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Dudley's a servant of God. Man. You know, I really... Um, I love studying his word. I love um, worshiping worshiping him every day. Um, I'm a real. I, I think I'm really simple. I don't really have too much of a life outside of God and family, <laughs> and that's it. I, I tell friends of mine. I say, man, I watch three ABN, ESPN, and an occasional CNN. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> the abbreviations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. In a nutshell, that's awesome. That's awesome. In a nutshell, yep. that's awesome. That's awesome. Again, I mean, I've, I've known you for a while. We've, we've we've been friends, and I don't know. Again, I I know in the introduction I said we, you're a role model. I think it's an understatement when I'm saying that. I think you have such a good influence on others. Your energy is is superb. Um, for the person that you are right now, it's definitely is enlightenment. Like you definitely shine brighter. Every time that I see you, I think it could be the, your wife, it could be your child, <laughs> it could be the combination, or it could just be God just shining on you. And I just, you know, I, I appreciate that, and I really do appreciate that. Thanks, Rick. Yes. And, all right, so let's dive in. Let's dive into um, your dad, all right? Let's dive into your yeah. dad. Tell me about your dad. My dad. Um, so, Jacques Francois. Uh, is from is from Haiti. He is from a pretty predominant family in Haiti in Port-au-Prince. Uh, my grandfather, his father, was um, a an owner of uh, many different businesses, um, namely um, a several different um, private schools mm. down in Haiti. And my father, who worked for him, um, was. Uh, a very prominent figure in Haiti as well. Um, they were pretty well off, um, if you could say anything about that in regards to Haiti. And um, you know, he was he was just a, a man who cared a lot about life and um, you know his own personal success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, during during his time, he had a uh, a fork in the road in his life where he had to either now take on the full role of his father's business um, or choose his own path. And he chose his own path. He actually denied the, the inheritance that his father, my grandfather, uh, gave him for a lot of personal reasons, um, a lot of um, professional re- reasons, and a lot of spiritual reasons. Mm. Uh, and so he gave that up. Um, and I think that that... that came at a, at a time where he also found his faith mm-hmm. um, and his faith and his belief in, in God has really allowed him to make that type of decision. Um, that kind of allowed his life to go down in sort of a spiral. Um, a lot of things that he was accustomed to, he was used to, uh, didn't necessarily happen the way for him as easy. He went from a person who was very well off to being homeless. Mm. 
um, during the time he 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 met, married my mother, and um, they had my brother. And uh, when they had my brother, to try to find a better opportunity for themselves, you know, they moved to the United States. Uh, my brother stayed behind in Haiti. Uh, they moved to New Jersey because my mother had family in New Jersey, and um, he just, you know, tried his best to, you know, make ends meet. The typical um, immigrant story, right? right. Um, eventually, he was able to um, put some roots down. Uh, sent for my brother by that time I was born, and um, and that's what it was. And then we eventually moved from Jersey to New York, just for better opportunities. Um, he started as a cab driver. Um, he, en- he ended up going from a, becoming a cab driver to uh, to a limousine driver. From a limousine driver, he made his own business. I mean, mind you, he he really went. He was in Haiti. He was an accountant. He was an accountant for the school that my my grandfather owned. Mm-hmm. So he was really good with in that regard. Mm-hmm. He, but here in, in New York, to make ends meet, he's driving cars for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, made his own business right. I, with a couple of cars that he owned and um, drivers that he hired. Um, and then after after that, the business didn't work for as well as he wanted. Drivers weren't as accountable uh, to the business. Um, there were accidents with happened with the cars and so on, and so he left that business. And then he eventually found a city job um, where he was working uh, for the city, sort of in their uh, their social security um, administration okay. office, uh, where he worked in the Haitian um, Haitian um, um, sector where he was able, because obviously because he's from Haiti, was able for those people who are calling in, he was the manager of that uh, that particular wow. area. And he found it there and um, that was pretty much his occupation for the his time um, that he was with us. Uh, he was a huge family man, my father. He didn't, he didn't um, avoid any opportunity to have conversations with his children. <laughs> lectures sitting us down and um talking to us for two hours straight uh, about life um he was a very experienced man who's seen a lot experienced a lot been through a lot uh and so he felt like he felt a need to uh give his children uh some sense of what life really is rather than what they have really experienced he's he's, he's allowed his family to live a sheltered life but he's, he was trying his best to try to make sure that we knew the other side of life. Um, he worked uh, in different areas of the church. He took upon himself to make his own newspaper. He became wow. a writer. Um, yeah, he wrote his own books. He became author, an author author of at least 50 Get books. Out. Um, yeah, it was published. Um, and he became a, yeah, a writer of his own um, newspaper for the church. He felt a uh, he felt an urge to allow the lay person, the average um, member of um, his church, to kind of know the sentiments of all the areas of the church. And so, because of um, his connections and the, the fact that he was a very uh, polarizing figure amongst the Haitian community of our faith in New York, uh, many pa- I, I would I would be accustomed to seeing many pastors coming to the house. 
um, speaking to him, you know, spending, you know, all hours of the night talking with him, gaining advice from him and so on. He was, he was a great, uh, he was a great man, in my opinion. I mean, everybody has their flaws. Uh, there, you know, there are a lot of flaws I, I noticed in him as I got older that I know in myself now. Um, but I, I would say that he was, he was a very influential man, a very intelligent man, uh, a one who cared a lot about instilling uh, values into his family, into his uh, community. Um, he passed away uh, about two years ago. Um, from uh, from cancer, uh, and from everything I, I I can say about my dad, I think if I if I were to sum everything up about him, I would pretty much say that he was a man that allowed people to understand the importance mm. of life and all aspects of life, and to to allow his life to be. Um, an example, and to be as dis- to give as le- as much disclosure as possible, so that people are were, were able to not be tricked or fooled into what the truth of of, of life is. Um, but to do their best, his best to try to help people um, make the best out of wow. their own. Wow, that's <laughs> I didn't I didn't even have a smidge of of understanding that your father was just such a high accomplishment. Uh, uh, accomplishment on it and his record. That is a, a pretty profound record to to live by. That is wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he 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 wouldn't he wouldn't say it though. I mean, he he just reminds you, hey, you know, uh, be a man of God, continue to pray, um, and so on. Um, I you know, as much as he don't get me wrong, I I do feel like he he found moments for him to. Um, so, uh, to to celebrate himself, as most Haitian people do, our Haitian people, man, our biggest problem is pride. Um, but yeah, I mean, but in, in everything, he tried his best to make put things in perspective. But yeah, he was a, he was he was a great man. I I, I love my dad. So how much. was the dynamic? So should I say, how's the, how was the relationship between you and your dad? Uh, ooh, uh, well, me. So so I loved my dad. My dad mm-hmm. was my hero. Um. You know, I think asking me the question versus asking my siblings the question, you might get different answers depending on who you are. Um, you know, I was the quote unquote mm. middle child, even though there there was four of us. Uh, I was the middle child only because my young my younger sisters yeah. are twins. So it was my older brothers, me, and it was the twin um, my twin sisters. Uh, and so for me, I, I I kind of saw only the mm. good in him, and 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 I felt like he was intelligent enough to the only highlight the good um so so but in in that sense i i i love my, my my dad i was uh i revered him you know i i understood his is his compassion i recognized his intelligence from 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 early on i had a great relationship with him i never felt as if there wasn't a, something that i wasn't able to sit with him and mm-hmm. talk with him about he was very open-minded i think he was very stubborn too um, in the fact that I think he was too smart for his own good, and sometimes his intelligence allowed him to only see things mm. a certain way. Um, so that that you know, as you become an adolescent and so on, obviously there are certain areas where you push back because you know you think you know the world as well. Um, but all, all in all, my my relationship with dad was what well, my father was was the best. I mean, he was uh, a person that um, gave me. Uh, a sense of what leadership looks like 
Um, from a from a young age, I was considered to be a leader, even though I, I don't know even at that time if I knew exactly what leadership was. Um, I was bred in that mm -hmm. sense to be a leader, and amongst um, at least my my community of faith um, in New York, um, people saw me to be that, and I try to live up to the expectations of my father and to the desire that he wanted. Uh, for me, I think he mo he molded me, um, sort of in the image that he would want he would have wanted for himself, um, if everything worked out in his favor. Uh, and so I think I was very favored and privileged. Um, and so I, I can't I can't really say that there was a time where I've ever had anything uh, bad to say in regards to my dad. I mean, maybe now you know it, it's easy to say that in retrospect right. when he's gone, right? Uh, and so a lot of times you, you only highlight the good. That's the only things you, you right. choose to remember. Uh, but for me now, I just, I realized him um, just to be a, a huge influence over my life. Him, him and I, we were, we were, we were friends, man. We were, you know, we were partners. Um, and I, you know, I, I appreciated that he wasn't the typical mm -hmm. Haitian father. He was a lot more down to earth for me. Um, and it, and so that allowed for easier conversations. Wow. wow. You know, I know there was a reason why I like you, but now I have more reason to like you. More <laughs> because, <laughs> because you told me you are the middle child. And I know for me, I had this whole, I know for me, you call it a theory. Middle right, child. Right, 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 right. Look, it's real. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. And yeah. the fact that you tell me you're a middle child, look, my eyes just opened up. I was like, we're going to be best friends. We're going to become best friends. And, you know, the dynamic usually is just that the middle child is just, like, left alone to fend for himself because, you know, the older, the older had the attention and you have um, the middle child. And the middle child was not, didn't, didn't get, you know, attention enough. Then you got the young child. Then you missed the whole that whole dynamic, but you had a really good relationship with your dad, which is kind of re which is really refreshing yeah, to did. tell you the truth. Um, whenever I hear any any child that's in the middle that or that has, especially Haitian parents too, whenever you talk about your parents, it's more of like, man, they they literally were trying to kill me, or they had the worst upbringing, or whatever the situation may be. But you were just like again as a middle right. child, your relationship with, the, with your dad was very very positive. And for me, again again, that's very very refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, for me, I, 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 as I, as I compare myself to like my siblings, I think that 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 my desire to want um, approval had had a lot to do with also my father's connection with me because I would try to do a lot to please him, and 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 also my mother as well, um, and so in that sense, you know, I would kind of stand out in trying to um um do things for the sake of the church for my my school and so on and because of that i felt like he saw something in me that even bj i didn't even know in myself I, I think he saw something in me i think he knew what god's calling for my life was before mm. i knew it and so because he saw it i think he, he i think he had some level of discernment and realizing um what god had for me I think he, that's the reason why he kind of like took the time to mm. sit down and groom me um, because I, man, because he, he was able to just have that foresight 
to be able to see that, you know, not too many you know, young men at that particular age would be interested in, mm-hmm. you know, leading the choir or, you know, you know, being the example when everybody wants to go and do their own thing. He's the one that says, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And, you know, and believe me how badly I did want to go to those things, but something in me that said, no, I shouldn't do that. No, I couldn't do that or whatever the case may be. And he, I, I think he just noticed that and he, and he wanted to nurture that as best as he can. So I don't know if I'm the average uh, middle child, because I do believe that there is a middle child syndrome, as you, you so rightfully mentioned. And I do believe that there has been um, uh, a, a missing sense of approval that I've always continue to try to fight for because I was never, I'll never be, no matter how many accolades that I get, mm-hmm. I'll never be my older brother right. and I'll never be the twins. And the only way for me to stand out is for me to do things in the areas of, you know, things that I think my parents mm-hmm. would like church school that allow me to stand out. And so I really tried my best to be, okay, if I can't be the oldest, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be the smartest. Or if I can't be the youngest, the one that, you know, you um, endear yourself with, then, you know what, I'm going to stand out in a different way. And so, you know, I, I, maybe I use that to my advantage and it, it benefited me. I don't know. But you are an anomaly. That's, that's okay. life. <laughs> you are an anomaly. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. it's different. But that's actually really cool. It's really amazing, man, to hear that. It's, again, it's refreshing. And I know before you were saying there's a lot of like there is a certain personality traits and characteristics in your dad that you that you find yourself doing as well. Uh, what are some characteristics in you right. that you find in your dad and also finding maybe in your kids? Wow. Um, wow. Well, I, yeah, the kids, the kids, I could definitely say that. Um, for me and my dad, I, I, think the, I think the greatest thing that I would probably say that I can get from him was his creativity. Um, I mean, he was able to make Mm -hmm. a lot of things out of nothing. And I think that I have that same similar trait. Um, I I also, I also feel like there are a lot of things about regards to my dad that that connect to me just in the way in which we see the world. Um, I, I, I think I've learned a lot about having enough patience in seeing things in people. Um, When pastors would come over to the house and, uh, speak with him he didn't see them as pastors he saw mm-hmm. them as people and and because of that he you know these pastors were able to confess a lot of things that are going on with them personally a lot of things that they're going through i mean not necessarily evil things but you know right, things right, that, right. you know normal people go through and, and and i feel like i i i have that same amount that same eye i have an ability now over time to have some some empathy, um, to, to take some time and to think about why people do what they do or, 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 um, what's the origin behind someone's words, um, before beginning to react on what people say. Um, uh, I think a lot of my patience, uh, comes from him, uh, cause he was, he was a very stoic person. He didn't respond to anger very quickly. He was, he was very cerebral. Um, you know, if you watch wrestling, you, you would know that Triple H is the uh, cerebral assassin. Uh, I, I would consider my father the, the cerebral assassin. He was a very, very um, intelligent person that was able to break you down. And I think I got a little bit of that from him. 
just in the ability of me being able to assess someone uh, from for where they are and to kind of allow people to be people um, and not really um, judge them. <laughs> and I think that works very well in the in the space that I'm in now. Praise the Lord that I'm able to be that type of person. Um, but yeah, I, I, so with that, um, my creativity. Uh, I think I think with my father and I, we have a certain expectation mm. for greatness. Um, I, I don't like to settle, um, and that and so that that's also a, a part of me that I find no peace in. In that, when people say, "Man, you know, Dudley, that was great," uh, my father always instilled in me to look at situations and areas that aren't great and begin to start to look at the glass half empty mm. rather than half full. That's good in a production standpoint, but it doesn't necessarily always give you that right. uh, amount of peace. Um, because a lot of people are just relishing in your accomplishments and you don't have the ability to ever be satisfied. Um, <laughs> that's me <laughs> self-diagnosing myself. Or, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, so, so there are a lot of things, both positive and negative, I think I got from my dad, both the creativity and um, the ability to read people and also the ability not to settle and to expect um, greatness and to continue to keep striving for greatness, whatever I consider greatness to be or whatever I read or examine or able to compare. And how's that, how's that um, illustrated in your sons, um, your kids today? Yeah, so, so you know, what's funny is, um, so Pierce and Jordan, um, Pierce is my oldest son. He's three right now. He's turning four uh, this August. And my daughter, Jordan Taylor, she's two. She's turning three in November. Jordan is, she's very, she's everything I, mm. <laughs> I want to be. But she's never, she's, she's nothing that I am. Like, she's everything, she has the, 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 the spirit, the, 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 the boldness, the, the, the the maturity of of mm -hmm. of a ten year old, even though she's two years old, and and for that I kind of envy her. So because I feel like when I you know when I was younger I was still trying to find myself, and mm -hmm. I feel like she knows herself. But Pierce Pierce is me, and Pierce is my dad, because Pierce is stoic, Pierce is cerebral, Pierce is thoughtful, Pierce is kind. Pierce is um, Pierce is the one that pays attention to detail. Like right now, like right now to this day, Pierce's biggest infatuation are the opening <laughs> credits to movies. Like no talk, no 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 lie. So he right now loves comparing the 20th Century Fox mm. opening credits versus the Universal opening credits. Versus the Walt Disney opening credit. And he's able right now, if I were to call him and say, hum, hum the, the 20th Century Fox um, theme, he would boom, 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 he would know it and he would know it in detail. And if someone were to hum it the wrong way, no, 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 daddy. No, it's not like that. It's like this. He, he, he pays close attention to how he writes. You're right. Like, so, so his, his letters has to be like perfect. 
like from the, the way he writes his letter, his name, like Pierce, the letter P has to be the way that it was taught to him on YouTube. If it's not mm. done that way, he's flipping out. If he asks me, come daddy, 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 draw for me, um, the Disney junior. Right. And draw, draw the, 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 the logo, the Disney junior logo. So I, you know, I'm a, I, consider myself somewhat of an artist right <laughs> and so i would draw it and i i would realize that i would miss like mm. putting the dot over one of the eyes and he would flip out like no 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 at the time when he wasn't able to talk well he would he would highlight that like no daddy 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 and he get frustrated and like what's wrong with this kid i'm looking at what i drew and i'm like it's perfect i don't know what and he's looking he's pointing at the dot on the eye and I'm like, right. man, this guy's attention to detail is crazy. Like, I would write out Nick Jr. And when I write out Nick Jr., the J-R in the Nick Jr., I, I use a capital R where the, the, lo the real logo has a lowercase r. And he would flip out because you didn't put a lowercase r where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a lowercase r, not a capital R. And so I, I laugh at him, and my wife laughs also, and like, yo, that's you. Your attention to detail, your your expectation for greatness, it has wow. really trickled down. Wow. You know, I, I mean, I can relate to that. My son is definitely like that. And I don't know where he gets it from. Like, where he, this kid right now, his intellect is surpassing where I was. I think right now he has a, a reading capacity of, like, I would say a five, seven years old, if not 10-year-old. And I was nowhere near that when I was his age. Yeah, when I was his yeah. age, I probably was still picking my boogers and eating it. But I don't know. It was there's no I don't I don't like you said before, he's everything that I want to be. But but greater. You know what I'm saying? Like he's picking yeah. up on certain things right now that is just profound, like from colors to shapes to numbers, like everything that you put it in front of him, he's able to absorb. And I'm yeah. just like sitting back and just say, This kid is his is a he's a lot, but it 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 makes me want to do more. Like even with this podcast that I'm doing, I'm like, you know, mentally when I'm thinking ahead, I'm thinking where as I want to set a foundation for him where he sees that and he knows that and see that his dad are, is doing something positive, um, influential yeah. that he would want to incorporate in his life as well. Like this podcast that I'm doing, it's not, it's really just not just for the time being. Right. Now I want him to reflect back on it and just say, look, I heard my dad doing this and the, the power that he was, he was getting behind this was in, 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 impeccable. And I want to do something like that too. I didn't have that when I was younger. I didn't have that when I was growing up. But I just wanted to change that dynamic and say, okay, what do I want wow. my son to have as, as an example when he grows up? So every day that we with with him, I'm literally formulating, I'm 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 molding new characters of myself for him, because I want I want a better version of myself for him. But but I think that's commendable too, right? Because you know, I, you know, I I don't I don't I'm not going to say that I'm the worst parent, but I don't know if I in the time yet to like cerebrally think about all the things that I feel like Pierce and Jordan need. I feel like I feel like I have I kind of took it day by day, and I kind of promised God. I was like, God, man, you you know, you gave me two kids back to back. Good Lord, with a fifteen month um, difference, uh, and I'm like, wow, what am I gonna do? And the best thing the Lord has told mm -hmm. me was like you know, kind of just take it day by day. And so for me, that's all I'm doing. And I'm, I'm realizing the blessings that come from just taking things day by day and making the best 
things of my day count. But man, I would love to be like you. I mean, because you said you, you know, you had an intention to think about what you were missing and trying your best to instill <laughs> it. Man, I didn't even think that hard. You know, I just took it. Let me, let me, let me just take every day and make every day the best that I can. Um, and just move forward. And so far that that's been working. I think, you know, every parent is different and every, every parenting style is different and it has, um, it could have the same amount of benefits. Um, but I, I really commend that. I wish I was more um, thoughtful in that regard of just thinking about, okay, what are the things that I felt like I'm missing? What are the things that I felt like I didn't receive? What are the things mm-hmm. that I feel like I want to implement intentionally um, I don't know if I've, I've ever been at that point yet. I, well, I mean, it's fine. Know, I mean, it's, it's grown. Kids have a tendency to uh, put you in perspective of what needs to get done and what has to get done at time. And I know with my son, it does that. And two, you know, growing up, giving you your environment changed your perspective on life at time. Depending what environment you're in, it can change your perspective on it. It could change your perspective on anybody. But you just, again, what, what are you going to yeah. do with that? What, what change do you want to do with that? And for me, I didn't have that. I know I didn't have that. So I intentionally, like I said before, intentionally from today and on, everything that I'm doing, my wife and I is just like, okay, what we need to do right now so we can like teach him when he looks back that we're doing something good. So he can do something good as well. So he can like incorporate right, that right, right. Uh, with his kids. Because again, I didn't have that, but I want to set a new foundation, a, a, a better foundation, a clear foundation, a stronger foundation for him. Um, uh, so he can have that. So we can start a new legacy, and that's something that my great grandfather or grandfather did. I, I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on what I can do for him right now, um, and to to enhance his future. That's really dope. Yeah, I, I think that's really dope. I I, I, I completely I completely agree um, with that with, with that sense, and I think that you know over time, at least for me, I think that. Eventually, you must. You're gonna probably have to get to a day where mm. taking everything day by day won't be enough. Especially when they probably get into adolescence, um, that you're gonna have to begin to start to think about who you were, who, what your father did in these particular areas. You know, when it, it, it gets to a point now where you know the children aren't running up to you every single time you walk through the door, and they're loving you, daddy, and all these different getting excited by your presence. Where you're gonna walk into the door mm, and where the kids? Yeah. Oh, uh, they're in their room. Locked. And the door's locked. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so maybe you, you, there's gonna be a lot more thoughtfulness. I'm gonna have to put. Which it is fine. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody. It's not a wrong way of doing it. It is whatever you feel like you can do best. And then I, I'm not here to criticize. Yeah. I'm not gonna put you down because I'm not saying mine is best and I'm not saying yours is worse. It's just, it's just a different way of growing up. Yeah, it's a different way of, of upbringing. So I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely different. I wanted to just um, jump at something not within the script. Um, I wanted to just find out from you uh, what brought you to the attention. I know you say your father did it as well. What what motivated you to just take the step to study um, divinity and theology? Wow. Um, So what eventually made me um, go into it, Mm -hmm. it's because God put me in a corner. I felt I felt like I knew I was I, I was supposed to be a pastor since I was 16, but I ran from it because of everything that I knew about pastors growing up in a house where pastors would come home, come to my house every single day, talk to my father and tell mm. and tell my father how horrible it is to be a pastor. Um, and so because of that, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely the last thing I'm going to do. There's no way I'm going to do that. Um, and then all of a sudden, I just felt since I was 16 years old 
that that was something that I was called to do. I found myself, you know, being a public speaker. Uh, I found myself uh, being a person that was um, Mm -hmm. sort of seen as a role model, even as a younger person. Um, But even then, I remember there was this one time there was a there was a week of prayer that was happening at my church. And I remember the guest speaker at that time, it was like a Tuesday, something, sometime in the middle of the week. It wasn't like one of those high times, like on Friday night or something like that. Just a random day during the week of, the week of prayer. And he was preaching, and it was good, and everybody was saying their amens, and they were responding. And as they were listening to the sermon, they were listening to the sermon based on what he was saying. But I was listening to the sermon that day, not based on what he was saying. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the sermon based on how he said it, based on... The, the, the way he broke it down, based on how he put it together. What was the strategy? How, was he, how did he build that sermon from the, from the beginning mm. to the end? Can I predict where, where he's going with this from oh. a young age? And so at the end, I, 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 I remember walking up to him. You know, the service was over. People were leaving. He was packing up his bag in the front of the church. And I walked up to him and I said, Pastor, um, I can do that. And he said, do what? And I said, this preaching thing that you're doing, I think I can do that. I felt like I was following you, and I was following you. I think I was, you know, figuring out what you, where you were going and what you were doing, and I, you know, I, I felt I could, I could do what you, what you did. He said, "Oh, really?" I said, "Yeah." And I said, um, "Tell me, Pastor, um, when, how did you know you were supposed to be a pastor?" And literally, this, this is a true story, no lie. He turned, he turned to me. He said, "Well." When I was 16 years old, I went to a pastor and I told the pastor, man, I can do what you're doing. And I was like, oh, man. And so I freaked out and I, and I left and I, and I ran from it for the majority of my life. And the thing was, too, was knowing what I felt like my calling was, I felt like, okay, all right, God, I really don't want to do this. So let me compensate, right? Let me let me try my best to mm. give you something else that you might be happy about. So let me invest in in other types of ministries, right? Let me invest in youth ministries and Pathfinder ministry and all the different things that my faith has um, uh, within its umbrella. Let me try to do all of these things so that I don't have to go into ministry. Um, and I felt like I was doing that to make God happy in my no. And God all the while is like, okay, yeah, all right, I'm going to let you go through these things to give you more experience, but eventually you're going to get to what I want you to do anyway. And so I remember um, going mm-hmm. to school for graphic design, believe it or, believe it or not. Um, I went to, to uh, SUNY Farmingdale on Long Island. Uh, shout out to SUNY Farmingdale. Um, and I got a professional communications degree. And then after that, um, I went and I worked for MedNet Technologies. Uh, I remember MedNet Technologies is, at the time was the second biggest healthcare web development company in the nation. So we would build custom websites for, you know, small practice, um, um, so small practice firms from ophthalmology to, you know, uh, dentistry to you name it, um, from small ones to big hospitals. And I remember starting there entry level and SEO, which is search engine optimization, customizing a, a, a client's website so that it can be found on Google or Yahoo. And then from there, I, I got um, promoted to design and development, then eventually into marketing. And I was doing my thing, right? Making my little money, whatever the case may be, yada, yada, yada. 
And then all of a sudden, 2008 hit, you know, the, the, the economy crashed. Obama became president and I was out of a job because they're not going to let go of the guy who's mm-hmm. been there for 20 years. They're going to let go of the young kid who's just been there for a couple years. So I, I was let go. And by that time, God was like knocking on the, the, my heart because I'm saying, all right, it's New York. I'm going to easily find another graphic design job. And so I kept looking, 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 and couldn't find anything. And then eventually, like, like a, an overwhelming guilt, an overwhelming internal guilt mm-hmm. that came into me to, to the point that I couldn't, DJ, I couldn't sleep. Like weeks, I could not sleep because of this internal pressure. And if, if anybody's listening to this, whoever wants to know how God speaks to you, that's one of the biggest ways. Mm. When you feel guilty for something that you didn't even do yet. <laughs> like, that you feel an internal pressure, a motivation to do something that nothing on your external has told you to do, that's normally God. So like, so I was killing myself on the inside about going into ministry until eventually I said, you know what? Forget it, man. I'm going to stop running. Um, I remember I was dating my wife at the time. And when I was dating my wife, I, I called her, getting ready to break up with her because I was going to go away to school. And then ironically, the day that I was going to call her to break up with her, mm. she's going to call, she calls me to want to break up with me because she's going to go away to school for nursing. <laughs> Not even know that we were about to go to the same school. Did <laughs> not even know. So, you know, we, we, I would do my own research on my, on the side. She was doing her research on the side and then that's it. And then lo and behold, you know, um, that, that's just a story. So in 2009, nice. I went back to school. Wow, wow. Okay, let's take a brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this sponsor. Hey guys, Bjimson and Darius, aka BJ here from Dear Dad Podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I wanted a platform where I can record and upload my content very easily. I didn't want to go through any hoops to get my podcast out there. When I did study my podcast, I was on a different platform. But after I was introduced to Anchor, not once, not twice, but over three times by my close friends, I decided to give Anchor a try. I must say, I absolutely love it. Not only is it easy to use, but I am able to record, edit, post, and publish all my episodes right there on the app or the site. I was able to transfer all my episodes onto Anchor in less than five minutes. That, for me, was unbelievable. Oh yeah, here's the best thing of all. It's free. It is free to use. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. But take my word on this. It's true. Using Anchor has definitely made podcasts so easy. Trust me, you'll love it. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Refreshing. Love. I love listening to testimonies. Love it, love it, yeah. love it. All right, so let's change, <clears throat> let's change the dynamic a little bit. Let's change the, the atmosphere a little bit. Let's go to us a little bit more personal now. So tell me and tell us okay. about fatherhood. Fatherhood for me? <laughs> um, fatherhood for me? Um, it's 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 taxing. It it it's taxing. It is liberating. Um, it's frustrating. And it's um, illuminating. Uh, fatherhood has allowed me an, a, a, more of an awareness of who I am 
than any other part of my life. Um, fatherhood is a responsibility mm -hmm. that you literally cannot take a break from. Uh, fatherhood is a sense of an accomplishment that you never know the joy it provides until you have it. Um, I never knew how badly I wanted to be a father until I became a father. You know, the, the, there's no other, there's no joy like fatherhood. Um, but in, the, in that same sense, it, uh, it really shows you who you are and who you're not. Because, so like marriage shows you a certain part of your life. It shows you a certain part of your character, your, your patience, your cleanliness, whatever. But with fatherhood, for me, it showed me how disciplined I am. It, 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 it's, it's given me an ability to really check who I am. Because now I don't, I don't just have to worry about my own, let's say, for example, uh, my own time for worship. Now I have to worry about, you know, my family's time for worship. I have to worry about the, the, the children being able to see and understand wh who and what God is, for example. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thoughtful and mindful now of the amount mm -hmm. of juice my children drink, you know, and, 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 and if that, if that mattered, you know, where for me in the past, it sure didn't matter. Um, it should have mattered, but it didn't, um, you know, and now it, it does matter. And so I think fatherhood is a huge responsibility of being able to see and being aware of things mm. that you might have always taken for granted and not realizing that fatherhood is as much about creating a culture mm. than it is about being a, an example. It's about having the responsibility enough of knowing that the environment that you, you create or you don't create is going to do, have a lasting mark Mm -hmm. on the the family dynamic that you that, that you have um and 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 a lot of times families are looking for or at least my family is looking toward to me to mm -hmm. be the person to initiate things that are important and if i don't do that it it it, it almost seems as if there there's an absence there's a void and you know and if you are a believer and if you believe in god as like like i do um, I also feel a sense of of spiritual responsibility. I, I, I feel that there, I feel like God is, has, has spoken to me in a lot of different small areas of reminding me of certain things. Hey, don't be inconsistent in these areas mm. because look down the road and see how that might affect, you know, mm. you, the children as they grow up. So fatherhood is a huge responsibility of being able to see how every decision that you make or you don't make shapes and wow. reshapes. The culture that you're wow, wow. and now you know i feel that too in my my family my well, wife she even said it she was like i want you and i need you to be the spiritual leader i need you to be that leader of the of the house you know and just her just verbally saying it it's like reaffirm it for me because sometimes you just yeah. like it was like I, I think i have to do this i think this is the direction that i want to take but when you have someone step back and said look as the husband as the man right. in the house i want you to take charge of this like, I want you, that this is what I want to leave in your hands for you to do. And it's a huge right. responsibility, but it gives me this incentive to just like, okay, now I have this in my hand. I can't fail my family. I cannot let you down because it's not only me that, uh, that I'm trying to save. I'm trying to save my entire right. family. Right, right. And, and, nope. and, and, and that's huge, right? Because there's no book for this.
you know how do how do I know how to build a culture? Like you know, real talk, BJ. Like I'm kind of glad for sports <laughs> because sports is, and 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 watching all of these debate shows on ESPN and whatnot because it's really reminded me. I know this is weird, but it really reminds me of the importance of, of building a culture and how winning teams. You find that winning teams are because of winning cultures, and that reminder for me has done a lot for me. It's done a lot in reminding me the importance of realizing that you know your your demeanor your your enthusiasm your support your 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 presence is as important as the rules that you set it's it's as important as the example as that you, that that you're trying to show uh, all of these things play a, a particular factor in what you're trying to build in fatherhood so also like for me right I think that if you're looking at fatherhood, you have to realize fatherhood is is like a prism. And there are different, not just layers to fatherhood, but there are different angles to fatherhood. That fatherhood, if you look at it in one angle, in just one angle, then you'll only form something that is sort of a dogmatic pre- presence where, where you, you find that children might mm-hmm. just respond in trying to be like their father mm-hmm. rather than a, a, a appreciating who their father is. And so you find a lot of uh, children mm. who, you know, oh, I appreciate who my father was, but I never got to know him, right? Mm. Because, because, a, because it, if you only look at fatherhood in one sense, in one part of the prism, you'll only be able to appreciate your father in one area. And so it's important for you to realize that fatherhood has, has, has different, not just layers, but di- different sections for you to look at. So it's like, it's like 3D. And it's important for you to continue to keep turning the prism allowing them to see the different sides of you that it's not just your accountability but it's your relatability and all of these things play a factor in the development of the family that you are in charge of right and then all of these things have a sense in building a a trans and a transparent and a cohesive family that not only knows how to be a good person in in society but also is a person that is able to relate to society based on the, the nuances of, of, of expression and, um, and, 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 and disclosure and all of these different things. And so I, I, always, I, I, I'm try, I always try my best to remind myself to continue to show my family different phases of me, um, to not just make the mistakes of fathers in the past of just showing mm-hmm. one side of themselves if not even if that's the strongest side of themselves, but realizing that even the weakest side of yourself are, is important for your family to see, to be able to to know. Uh, before you actually, before you actually became a dad, before you actually became a husband, did right. you have an an idea of what kind of dad you wanted to be? And if so, are you that person now? Um, I did have a I did have a, a sense of what dad I, I wanted to be. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd like to say that I am that now, but I, but I don't know if it's, it's because it was fatherhood. I think it, I had I had my children at a perfect time in my life when I was able to finally accept me for me, um, to, to accept the good and the bad. And so me being able to be comfortable with me is then now I'm able to be comfortable with the people that I that I live with. And so I don't want to attribute that just to me. Okay, I want I'm going to be a father, and so this is what fathers do. But I, I think for me, it was, you know, mm-hmm. I, I found myself being the best, trying to be the best version of myself. And the, being the best version of myself, 
you know, will we'll trickle down to all the responsibilities that you have, being a father and being a pastor and being a husband, you know, being a friend, being a brother, um, et cetera. Um, and, so I, and so I do feel like I have, I feel like I am the best that I can be for the sake of my children now, but that's only because that I'm now able to accept me and being able to know enough mm -hmm. about me and realize the mistakes that I've made in the past. The, the way that I've treat, treated people in the past and what that has done to people that has given me a, a better um, an awareness of how to treat people. What do you enjoy most about being a dad? <laughs> um, you know, the, it's the same thing that I guess that I live vicariously also through being a pastor is seeing milestones um, come to fruition. Seeing things that you never saw a week ago all of a sudden just manifest itself and i and, and it's beautiful right it, it, it's it's amazing to be able to see like my son who wasn't doing his abcs do his abcs the same way when i'm preaching in a congregation and, and seeing that one person in the back eyes open up and you can literally see their face like change because of what you're saying it, 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 it supplies a joy that nothing else was is able to do and so i i love milestones i love being able to see my children grow and be able to do things that they weren't able to do and to see the joy in their face that they're able to accomplish things um and, and to actually live in that moment and to, to experience that with them what are three happy moments in your life as a dad um you know you know <laughs> right Television would have probably tell you it was the day they were born, right? <laughs> oh, when they were in the hospital, you know. Um, that wasn't that for me. Um, I was a nervous wreck um, in the hospital, to be honest with you, for both kids. Um, and so I don't, not, I don't necessarily believe it was that. I think the three happiest moments that I had in my life when it comes to my children, this might seem very <laughs> superficial, uh, but one, when Pierce got potty trained, good Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, that was a good, that was a good day. That was a good day, um, BJ. Um, so definitely that. Jordan was still working on JoJo, um, but for Pierce, definitely when he got potty trained. Um, wow. I, I think the, the the first time that I saw Pierce and Jordan hug each other was a great moment uh, for mm -hmm. me because I, I I saw I've seen their partnership. I see their their ability to. To, to look out for one another, I think it was a, it was a, it was it was great for me. Even as simple as it was, it was something that that gave me peace. Because as much as it is hell, you know, having not one but two babies, two toddlers, I think I think in the long run there are a lot of benefits. Uh, and the long mm -hmm. run is is that they're able to sort of parent each other as they grow. They're able to be a you know. Um, um, to be accountable for one another as they grow. And so I like the fact that, that that sign when they hugged each other, that first time I saw them hug each other was a great sign, not just for that moment, but for what it tells in their story of realizing how much that they're a team. And then finally, I would probably say the time that both of them started reading uh, was, was, a, was a huge time. Uh, was a huge accomplishment because you know the struggle of them trying 
and them finally getting it was really big um, for, for us. And we, we did a lot in that sense, right? In, in, in their room right now, we painted a side of their wall. Like literally, we cleaned out mm. a side of the wall and we painted it with a chalkboard paint. I'm gonna let you go. Give me a couple of seconds and I will let you go. I have like about two or three more questions and I'll let you go. Okay. No problem, dude. Are there anything you wish you had done different as a dad? Oh, um, yes, but not okay. not necessarily to the kids. It's really, really, it's really to Gina, my wife. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, being my my job is very taxing, believe it or not, in the sense that you have to make yourself available to a lot of different people, and so. There are a lot of times, you know, in times where we're at church, mm-hmm. where I would want to be there with my children, sitting with them as a family as we're experiencing mm-hmm. church together. But that can never be a reality right. when I'm the pastor. Like, I'm not only their father, I'm their pastor. I will always be their pastor. And, and in that sense, that, that, that inability to be there with them in that church experience to sit with my son and to open the Bible with him in the pew and read it together. You know, that ability to sing songs with them as we're holding hands in the, in the pew or, 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 or having the ability to, you know, be there at every single worship at home. All of those things are really, really important to me. And so I feel like I, I, I don't want to say let my family down because it is the, 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 the purpose the Lord has placed mm. on my heart. But I do feel like there are a lot of times where I feel like I want to be home and I literally can't be home because my job is for people. And so I have to make myself available when people are free. And when people are free, ironically, are the times where my family's free because everybody normally works during the day. And they're, you know, they're off when after the five o'clock hour is over between five and whatever. That's the time where pastors go and they, they do their visits and whatever the case may be, yada, yada, yada. And so I find myself stepping away in time where the family needs to come together. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying my best not to make the same mistakes as your, you know, your forefathers make your other pastors before you, because you know, what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting a different result. It's impossible for me to think that I'm going to do the same thing that these other pastors have done. And, you know, um, God forbid, you know, the same repercussions happen to my family as is done, um, to other, you know, ministers' families in the past. And I, I feel my heart breaks for those ministers who, you know, lose their family. Their family, you know, falls right between their fingers because they were they were too busy doing the job that they weren't able to be the dad. All right, cool. All right, so I pretty much have only like two more questions for you and I can wrap, you can wrap it up and we can go and then you can have time with your kids. <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want to take away from that. Even myself right now, I'm going to feel a little guilty because, you know, I'm doing this and my wife's studying and then I have to take care of my son. If I don't hold him for a certain amount of time, I feel guilty. <clears throat> so I'm just like... You're, you're, you're dad of the year, man. Listen, you're dad of the year. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, but I have a lot of guilt on me. So I was just like, I have to like, I need to I need to do this. Once I'm done with this, it's just 100% family time. Like, that's just like, that's just my thing. I just don't want to like... I know I'm overthinking it, but I prefer to overthink it than underthinking it. So, oh no, he's gonna be alright. I hear you. I hear you. All right, cool. All right, so the next question I have for you is: um, so I know you talk about your kids, and I know you talk about your dad, and even your your wife. 
and and and, and so entering to um uh, theology and all that major uh, and sacrifices that you are making and you made for yourself and your family so moving towards the future how do you want your kids to remember you I, I never thought about that before. <laughs> um, no, that's a great question. Um, I, I mean, I would, I would hope, I would hope my children remember me to be a person that was relatable, approachable, consistent, um, caring, um, a, a man of integrity, and a man who loved God. And I know those are right. Those are like big things, right? That everybody would want, you know, or, you know what I'm saying? But, but I would hope that they don't have enough things to say about me that are trivial, but are things that are, they're, they're able to say about me because they experienced it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I would want them to, to have a word to say about their dad that was different than just the accolades that he had or how many lives he's touched outside of themselves. I would want them to have to, if they were saying anything about me at my funeral, for example, to, to run out of time talking about things that we did as a family that they couldn't get to the things that I did in regards to church. Mm-hmm. And and that would mean that I succeeded, that I was able to give some level, some balance between what I do for the Lord and how I've made um, a difference in their life um, personally and um, hopefully professionally as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that in the end of the day, that they would smile at moments and memories. Um, rather than plaques and mm-hmm. trophies. No, I want to. I want to ask you a question that's besides what I usually ask. Um, and I wanted to. And you feel free if you want to. If not, it's okay. I just want to find out. Okay. So it's two questions in one. So let me ask you the first question. If your dad was sitting right next to you in front of you right now, what would you want him to know? Oh well, that plays with the narrative of when and how my father died. So my father died relatively young, believe it or not. He always had a fear that he was going to die young because his father um, died young. And so I felt like all those years he was trying to lecture us, times when we didn't even want to appreciate it. I felt like he was doing it not just because he had so much knowledge to give, but because I felt like he didn't have enough time he felt like he didn't have enough time um to get everything off his chest and i really believe and and as as sad as this might sound that i don't feel like he died in peace because i don't believe he i believe there was more he wanted to, to tell us and so because of that that is really like bj you have no idea like that right there with this is what I, with this this that i'm telling you right now is is 
my greatest motivational factor mm-hmm. right now in my mm-hmm. life. That because I feel like my, my dad still had things to tell us, and because I don't believe he died in peace because there were more things I feel like he wanted to teach, I, I don't want to disappoint him. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to look back at the story of his son and be disappointed because then he would regret more the fact that he wasn't there in instilling things. And so um, I, if he was sitting next to me, I would say, dad, I, I'm, I just want to make you proud. Like mm. I just want to make you proud. Um, and every decision that I've made since his passing was under the umbrella of, Man, I just hope I'm making you proud. Right. And every time I would walk through my living room and I would see his picture, I know this sounds really like weird, but I would stop and I would look at him. And I would look at his picture and I would talk to the picture and I would say, man, I just hope I'm making you proud. Because I know what you wanted for us. And I'm not necessarily saying that we wouldn't have had it anyway, but I know that you still had some things to say to us. And I don't want... I don't, I don't want me to fall into this huge mistake uh, and then live through this sense of regret through him because of something that have, he felt like he didn't instill in me. And so uh, if he was sitting here, I'd probably say, I, I, I hope I'm making you proud. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. That's very, very powerful. That's powerful. I love it, man. I love it. All right. Yeah. So let me not hold you longer. I'm just, I have one last question for you and I'll let you go. Yeah, it was, a, it was a two-part question. Two-part question. Oh, but the, the, yeah. the second one, you kind of answered it, but maybe you want to go in-depth with it if you want to. So okay. so you say your father passed away. So uh, yeah. how did his death impact you? Yeah. Um, well, it has, it has allowed me to <laughs> forgive a lot of people. <laughs> because we, I realize that life, life is short. Um, it's given me an ability no longer to care about things that I thought were important. Mm. Like, 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 like I'm, I was very, I'm very content now with who I am. And I feel like uh, now a lot of the blessings that the Lord has for me was, is, is now available now when I'm able to sort of cast my cares, not worry about, the enemies that are placed before me and it, it sort of connects also between with the words of david in psalms 23 that you know he the lord prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies and that you have a lot of haters who don't like the fact that the lord has placed a table in front mm-hmm. of you but what can you do can you do you care about the enemies that care about what the lord has placed before you but and, and it's when you're able to get past that you're able to to hear the words that say then surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life that that your you that your that your your cup is uh, is full that you're you, you that you're anointed with oil your cup runneth over and you realize that now this goodness and this mercy is able to follow you because you are able to do goodness and mercy i i find like i find that goodness and mercy follows those who practice mercy and goodness mm-hmm. and so i have to be able to you know, give mercy to people. And I, I realized that at that moment, I, I was free. I was free from a lot of things that I held in my heart. And 
by doing that, I realized a lot of things worked in my favor. You know, I, I, I'm at a great church right now, two churches that, uh, that, that are flourishing, um, one namely with the My Generation Church. Um, right now, with, it's just really flourishing, small church that's growing really big. And I really feel like that's, you know, that when you do good things, you show mercy, mercy and goodness follows. Mm-hmm. And, and above all the other things that I've said about making my dad proud, I also found like, you know, just being able to release a lot of things that I know my father wouldn't want to, to allow to still be on my heart to be able to do. And, you know, maybe in another time we'll be able to discuss more in detail about what those things were. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is this has been awesome. This has been. I feel like I can talk to you even longer than, <laughs> than we have yeah, right dude. now, man. I feel like we, I can I can dive in and throw more questions at you, but I have to I have to call it a quits. I have to go and bring it to an end. And just to wrap it up, and I just wanted you to I want you to tell me what kind of message do you want to leave with the fathers and the dads out there? Wow, um, for and for any father or um, prospective father that listening to this amazing podcast by the way um if i was listening to this i would i would urge them to do what what was beneficial for me which i've mentioned in the beginning of this podcast of of mentioning the ability of knowing who you are Mm -hmm. and accepting who you are i think the knowledge of who you are also allows you to recognize what you're not and a lot of times people men especially tend to try to be something that they're not for the sake of what fatherhood or parenting Mm -hmm. is supposed to be. And I feel like when you are able to be as transparent with yourself about who you are and then ultimately what you're not, you're able then to not only fix the things that you know you need to fix, but I believe that your family appreciates you because you, you, you're authentic with them and you're able to become vulnerable with them. And I think fathers in this generation now more than ever need to have an equal balance of authority and vulnerability, mm-hmm. um, a, a, an equal balance of um, availability and, and disclosure that, that they're able to see you emotional. They're able to witness you in a moment where you, you don't know what to do. I think that that's in, as important as you having all the answers. And many, many, many um, pastors, leaders, teachers, all, all of these um, places and vocations of authority tend to forget that, you know, it's when you're weak, you allow God to make yes. you strong. It's times where you don't know where things are is ultimately when you find the greatest answers to the things in which you seek. Embrace who you are, fellas. Embrace, embrace your, your highs and your lows um, and to gain some perspective on who you are and sort of allow God to do that. Yes, work. amen to that. Amen to that. You know, it's hard for you not to preach. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It comes with the voice, man. Like, I, like I, when I hear this back, I'm going to hear this deep voice, you know, and I'm going to, y'all, man, because I don't hear deep voice in my head. Like, I only hear the treble. I don't hear the bass. <laughs> But when I hear myself back, I hear the bass, and then everybody's like, "Wow, this guy is like, he guys must he's like sound like Mufasa, <laughs> you know." <laughs> man, look, and first and foremost, I'm just gonna say, like, I'm proud of you, man. I'm, I'm thank you for coming to this podcast, and thank you for 
sharing your story and telling me who you are, your journey in life and becoming a dad and becoming a husband uh, and taking a leadership in the, in, the, in the church and having your church, two church as it is. So it's just, you, you, you are juggling so many families and not just your family, but many families, which is, a really, which is a tough job to play. You know, sometimes it's hard for us not to follow our father's footsteps or step away from our father's shadow Sometimes it's hard to do that stuff. It's hard to come out that 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 um the that little haze of ours um, sometimes. But you know what? God has a way to reveal Himself to you, and He definitely revealed Himself to you at an early age. But you had a tendency to just like, you know, we, we were young. You were young, so you were running away from it. But what you like you said before, let's not try to run away from um from uh, ourselves. Let's not try to run away from what we need to do in our lives. We know what is right. We know what needs to get done. As a dad, we know what we have to do to contribute to our kids. We know what to do. It's just yeah. that because we are so stuck in our ways, we're so stuck in ourselves that we tend to not see what but beneficial to our children or to our wives. And you definitely are setting an example for everyone out there. And I said, not for only your kids, not for only for your wife, but the entire family of the church that you are um, holding down. You are making so much of a difference. You are you are impacting us so hard, and I'm and I know I said it before in the beginning. You are a brother to me. You are a, a friend, and you are a positive role model. And, and I, I I highly encourage you to continue doing what you're doing, man. You're doing a phenomenal job. You're doing a great job, and continue doing what you're doing. God is blessing you abundantly, and I pray that He continue doing what He's doing for you, man. You're doing so well. It's hard for me not to call you. Uh, uh, say bro, because I'm trying to respect you as a, fa- a pastor, and I do respect you, you know, like you said, because of the history that we, I mean, we grew up together in the same church, you know, right. so it's, it, yeah. I, I'm seeing you develop, becoming who you are right now, and I'm just like standing back, and I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm proud of you, man, I know you said you, 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 if you had a chance to talk to your dad and said that you would, you would ask him or tell him that, you know, I hope you're proud of me, dad, I hope you are, and that's all of us. We want our, our fathers to be proud of us, proud of that what we are doing, the uh, uh, the journey that we're taking in our life. That they are proud of us. You know, there's a there's a there's a, a a comforting to hear those words. And I know you can't hear those words, but I'm gonna tell you right now. I am proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing, man. What you're doing is good. It is great. You're doing God's work. Nothing else can top that. God's work. God's work. And it's, you're doing a great job. I'm proud of you for who you are. I'm proud of who you uh, has become and continue to become. Don't stop. I'm using you as a model and I continue to use you as a model. And I want to thank you again. Thank you again for coming to this um, podcast and, and share with me everything that you need to share. It's being vulnerable, being open. And it's not easy, but this is what we're doing so we can show others out there that we are here. Love is here. And uh, great husbands is here. Great fathers are here. And great uh, dads are here. And again, I want to just thank you Thank you, thank you again for all that you have done for for uh, for us, for the community, and for the church. And again, guys, I am not going to hold you guys any longer. I know I keep saying that, and it has been a pleasure. It's been an honor to have this brother of mine on this podcast, Pastor Dudley, and I, I highly appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys for coming through um, again. Um, so, guys, stay tuned. There's a lot more to come for t- this season. Is this season is, is impactful? It's powerful. And I want you I encourage you guys to continue, continue, continue holding on and continue supporting me. All right, guys. So again, I won't hold you any longer for the second time. I will catch you in a few. Bye. Yeah, you
Okay, let's take another brief commercial break. We'll be right back. For more Dear Dad podcasts, visit Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Make sure you check Dear Dad Podcasts on your favorite Instagram social media platform at Dear Dad Podcasts. Catch you later. Keep your down.